In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. May His grace and peace rest upon all of us. Um, one of the youth brought to my attention a new song by Ariana Grande. No, this is serious. Called God is a Woman. And because society could not wait so much for the release of the song, Ariana decided to release the song surprisingly one week early. And that was, I think, last month or something. So now, if you, and I hope you don't, but if you decide or you look into the lyrics of the song, you find it filled with very seductive sexual bluntness. And somehow, in the song, she concludes or she comes to that very repeated sentence that God is a woman. Now, this is pretty much the depth of heresy as, as it can get. In our orthodox understanding, God is a spirit. The Bible says God is a spirit and those who worship him they must worship him in spirit and truth. When the Son of God took flesh, he became a man. There is nothing wrong for a person or a woman to be a woman. There is nothing wrong with this. But when Christ took flesh, he became a man. We have no revelation whatsoever at all that God has a gender in his nature. The revelation that we have is that when the Son of God became man, he was male. Now for us to come and say this song is about women empowerment, it's absolutely wrong. The song has absolutely nothing to do with women empowerment. Women empowerment come from Christ himself, who empowers all of us regardless of our gender. So for us to come and say as a society and to accept and to repeat heretical songs then we have really gone to the depth of apostasy, probably. And not only that, it's very unclean. Now, of course, we're not also ignorant of the other Irish gentleman who sings, take me to the church that I may worship like a dog who is also 
absolutely heretical and is wrong. Those who come to church do not worship like a dog, but rather they find their true humanity. They find God who heals the brokenness of humanity, who heals the brokenness of our nature, who heals the brokenness even of our sexuality and lust and gluttony and jealousy and every fallen attribute in us. So why I'm bringing this up today, not because Iriana decided to release the song a week earlier, but rather it's a form of heresy. It is a heresy. This is, by the way, nothing new at all. Arius, who came in the fourth century when he came to say that Christ is not by nature equal to God, he also packaged his heresies in, a, in songs. And so the songs became very popular, and because the songs became very popular, his heresy continued. Now, when Ariana or this other Irish gentleman, I don't know his name, decides to sing against God and against the church, and we repeat those things, they stick to our heads and our minds. Now, I know that you, as a person who is a believer, who comes to the church, who loves God, I hope you're not affected by these things. However, the rest of society is affected by these things. And then a little by little, society become, comes to a basement, keeps falling down, day by day, a year by year. Again, why I am bringing this up today. Because in a way, it is the same form of heresy that they accused the Lord with. He cast out demons by Belzebub. This is what they said. While he is God incarnate, while he has the Holy Spirit, we come, they come and they said to him, You cast out demons by? by the power of demons. It's the same exact concept. When you come and you attribute something to God that he is not. And I hope and I wish our youth are actually aware of these things. Of course, we are aware of it because we know it. Because the songs are very catchy. And when they come in a very catchy tune, they stick into our minds. And then we come to accept what Ariana Grande sings as a acceptable, I guess, behavior in our society. Now, as you heard today in the gospel, it says the scribes came down from Jerusalem and they said, he is by Beelzebub casting out demons. This gospel, by the way, is very important to us. Why are the scribes upset 
one, his teaching was authority. The people started to say, oh, his teaching was authority, not like the scribes and the Pharisees. And then the next thing happens, he does miracles. So the people are attracted to him. And when they are attracted to him, the popularity of the scribes and the Pharisees is lessened. His popularity grows. To the point that they came to a point and they said, look, the whole world has gone after him. We're good for nothing. If you read John 12, that's what they concluded. They concluded that the whole world has gone after him and then they're no more good for anything. And so the scribes packaging their hatred towards him in a package called zealousy. They claimed that his Bible is a boo, cast out demons. Satan is usually packaged in something. Packaged in a song, packaged in a book, packaged in a movie, packaged even in a church zealousy. People claim to be more zealous than others, and so they claim the other person to be heretical. And of course, we hear about this so much nowadays. Totally outside of the spirit of Christ, we come to a point that I can consider somebody else because we have difference in opinion, that I can consider the other person to be heretical. This is the same approach of the scribes and the Pharisees. No difference at all, whatsoever. Because he carried and in him is the fullness of divinity. And he taught with authority and he performed miracles. They said, you're by Beelzebub. You're not from God. While they're the ones who were not from God. Now, I want to go back to what I was referring to a little bit, a few minutes ago. Popularity or being popular is something very dangerous. You find a youth who's attempting to be popular and that is very harmful to this youth. You find a servant who is attempting and trying to be popular and that becomes very harmful to the servant. You find a deacon attempting to be popular and that becomes very harmful to this deacon. You find a priest who is trying to be popular for the sake of popularity and that becomes very dangerous and, and, and very harmful to the priest. You find even a bishop who is attempting and trying to be popular for the sake of popularity and that also harms him. Popularity consumes everyone. And before our eyes, we see very popular people, regardless singers and politicians and church people, falling into the depth of sin and mistakes because of the desire of fame and becoming popular. 
Now the scribes and the Pharisees had this problem. The Lord is taking away the people. And so they become jealous. And now Satan is packaged in something that looks righteous. Satan is packaged in scribes and in Pharisees, claiming absolute heretical teaching against the Lord Christ himself. So watch out. If you are trying to become popular, that is through social media, through the circle of your friends, through the circle of your family, through your service, through anything, you watch out. Now, you look on the other hand, if you look at someone who is like John the Baptist, who says, I'm unworthy to untie his sandal straps. I must decrease and he must increase. This is the spirit from God. This is the spirit of the righteous ones. By the way, John the Baptist was also very popular, but he did not want it. They ran after him. The Lord Christ was also very popular, but he did not want it. They came after him. The intention wasn't popularity. The intention was not that I become the center of a circle. This is far from the Spirit of God. Now, we'll continue on and go back to Satan who packaged himself in other things. So Satan packaged himself, as I said, in many things. In songs, books, movies, you know, internet posts, posters on the streets. You know, packaged himself in many other things. Satan packages himself in depression. When he tells you you're unworthy, you're not good enough. Christ tells you you are the son of God. I died for you. And Satan tells you you're not good enough. Satan hides himself in gluttony and jealousy in unhealthy relationships. That's Satan in the middle. Satan hides himself in wrong understanding of sexuality. Totally. Satan hides himself in people that put me down. I'm not talking about that we are to be puffed up. But what I'm saying is we have to be careful because Satan does not appear to us. But he's always hiding. Now, Satan hides himself in backbiting, into gossiping, in carrying on my shoulder negative upbringing. And rather than cast him down at the feet of Christ, he keeps putting me down. This is what Satan does. This is what Satan does. C.S. Lewis says something very interesting about Satan. He says, two mistakes people make about the devil. One, 
he doesn't exist, that's a mistake. Two, you develop too much interest in devil and Satan. Both of them are wrong, both of them are deadly. But what he does is, he packages himself in something that we want, in something that we desire. Or he puts us, as I said, down, too much down. Push us all the way down. When we are weak, he tells us we're weak, we cannot get up. When we are sinful, he tells us we are sinful, we have no forgiveness. When we are in gluttony, he says, you know, it is what it is, this is who you are. And so, as I said, Satan hide himself. Like a roaring lion, exactly what the scripture says, ready to come and attack us. Now, and so we come to Christ and say, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. We cry out to God and say, deliver us from the evil one. All the miracles, by the way, that the Lord performed to cast out demons, these miracles are to tell us that Christ is on our side and is able to cast out all the demons that are fighting against us in any way, shape, or form, or package. All of them. Christ today spoke about uh, you cannot plunder the strong man's house unless you bind him. And who can bind a strong man's house except a stronger person? We cannot bind him. That's for sure. But Christ, who is stronger, is able to bind him. The Bible says that he... having conquered principalities and authorities and having been triumphant over them on the cross, he gave us the victory. Christ is on our side to raise us up when we are fallen to lift up when we're broken, to heal us when we're sick, and to overcome Satan who fights against us. But we have to be willing. Today the Lord says, who does the will of my father, this is my mother, my brother, and sister. Doing the will of God, doing what God wants. This is how we overcome things. We don't overcome Satan by being who we are, but we overcome Satan by holding on Christ who overcame Satan. We hold on Christ truly and wholeheartedly in our prayers, truly and wholeheartedly in our partaking of the sacrament. When we truly come to repentance, when we truly come to our sacraments, Casting down our sins and our transgressions under the feet of the cross, asking Him truly to redeem us and to give us strength 
This is how we overcome Satan. We would be the most deceived people if we think that we are not tempted by Satan. Not just as a society, but even as individuals. We would be the most deceived people if we think that Satan doesn't exist and if we think that he is not tempting us. But if we do, then we have only one solution, is to abide in Christ and Christ in us. This is the only one solution that we have. And so Christ today show us the way. He says, do the will of my Father. He told his disciples, I saw Satan falling down from heaven like lightning. And he says, I give you the power to cast out demons. And Christ is willing to give us those powers. We don't have to do miracles. But those powers will work in us. This is the power of his grace that we receive in the sacraments, that we receive in obedience, that we receive in prayers. And so if we want to overcome Satan, we have to abide in Christ and Christ in us. And glory be to God forever. Amen.